Um, let's see, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, okay. So sometimes when I'm relaxing in bed at night, um, I'll notice that I'll massage my back because it feels good, and then I'll do it 20 more times. And at that point, I start to wonder, am I relaxing or am I being a bit restless with how I'm relaxing? And how how good can I get myself to feel? You know, what else can I notice about the body and such when I am relaxing? Right. That's exactly right, is, is that we actually start becoming interested in figuring out what it is to relax. And in the process, we begin to see the things that are not relaxed so that we can relax them. And the general idea is that once I find it and relax it one time, it'll be <coughs> it'll be right there for us. And that's not the case. We wake up to something one time and then we'll wake up to something else and then we'll have to wake up back to that first one again because it keeps coming back. And the reason that it does is because of the habitual underlying tendencies. That they persist. And so part of the practice is, is that we in our, um, let us say, wisdom, have to recognize that, and the counterbalance to that is to persist. Sorry, uh, I just realized that I spaced out. <laughs> All right. The spacing out is about the persistence, that when we recognize that those habitual habits, those underlying tendencies, those instincts persist. Those are the things actually that are built into our DNA. And that's what gives rise to behavior. And it is persistent. It's hardwired almost. The behavior is not the hardwired, but the, the, uh, the underlying tendencies are hardwired. And so we have to persist. We have to go over it and over it and over again. It's almost like cutting down a huge, huge um, stone by chipping at it. Just one little chip at a time or like filling a bucket one drop at a time without looking at the rim of the bucket to see how close we are. We're just enjoying this drop. And this is the persistence. Um, another word for that, uh, the one that's used in the suttas, is the one um, unremitting. And that when uh, the Buddha was speaking and he said, uh, it's up to you now, you're going to have to do it yourself, strive with diligence. That word strive is not what's really meant. It means to be persistent to keep doing it, the repetitive part of it, just like any, any excellent sportsman or musician got that way by practice, <laughs> right? So here you are laying in bed, trying to relax, finding several things that are gonna prevent you from relaxing and so you get frustrated about that, and that's even further not relaxing. Is that possible? 
it happens sometimes that way, but other times I think I lose my awareness and I just focus on maybe doing one area, which is all right as long as it's not yeah. frustrating. The frustrating is what we need to avoid, I guess. Well, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's avoidance. Maybe it is. No, I wouldn't say so. What I would say instead is, is that that's a whole much more relaxed state than keeping finding things that prevent you from relaxing. That that's itself is going into that state. Then, in fact, this is a good way to go to sleep because most people go to sleep worried. So, if I'm having trouble relaxing, I think a good thing to start is to find just one good thing. And then All right. That, right. All right. Let's do this then. Since you've already been practicing Anapanasati, let's go now to its associative um, sutta, the sutta called the, uh, excuse me, the Satipatthana Sutta. And in there, in the Kaya Nupasana, the parts of the body, it says to become aware of the hands, the reaching, the grasping, the touching, all of that. That so we, for um, on an on an occasion, we actually intentionally put most of our attention into what the hands are doing, hmm. and then by doing that, we start to develop the skill, so that. Anytime the hands are doing anything, you'll kind of know it. How does that, that we make let sense? our pardon? Oh no, I'm just keep talking. Sorry. All right. Let us say it this way: that a concert pianist who knows many, many different high-quality, very difficult pieces of music is passing by. Let us say in the mall where out in the front of the mall, the piano store is featuring a brand new piano that's $10,000, $20,000 or something like that. And his friend who's with him, he says, why don't you try it out? And he can sit down right there in the mall and start playing, right? Why? Because it's built in. Which means now that, in fact, that musician is actually paying attention to what his hands are doing. For the most part, and then the hands can do it again by themselves, just like you do very complex uh, gestures with your hands without even knowing it. The music can get ground in like that so that the fingers themselves know the music. So in this then case, the pianist doesn't have to even pay attention to it. All right. So here's the question then. It's not that we're going to ever absolutely stop the hands from doing anything. And if we got into such a state, we'd be pretty useless to ourselves. Couldn't feed ourselves. <laughs> I mean, we need the darn things, right? And so there's a whole lot of value and usefulness in the hands. The question is, is are those things that we're doing with the hands wholesome, unwholesome, are somewhere out in the uh, foggy land of not paying attention to what's happening at all. Well, all that right. happens. And so you're not how paying we attention. Once you realize it's... that you're not paying attention, you can just be like, well, I could just, but what, what is wholesome mm-hmm. movement? What do you, I'm curious what you mean. Just all right. So, pardon? Uh, go. 
Just last thing I didn't it. hear. Oh, I said I was gonna suggest. Um, I was. Never mind. Just go. <laughs> All right. So, the uh, the part with the hands here. Here's an example. I've got this lid here. It's actually Tiger Bomb. And with the right hand, normally what people do is just take it. And now they've got their attention on the on the thing that they're holding, maybe. But the hands are smart enough to continue to hold on to it, even if you don't think about it, maybe. All right, so let's do it a new way. And that is, is that when we begin to touch things or reach and grasp for them, we're going to do it in a stylized way. We're almost going to turn it into a dance or music, right? In the sense of we're aware of each movement. And so as we approach it, we can kind of open our hands like this before we close them. All right. Now, in fact, this is a trick that's used in movies, and the ones who are the most likely to do that is Dracula. Do you know what I mean by that? Is that when he reaches for that girl's neck, he goes. (laughs) So we're going to be Dracula. Almost like a very, very wide open mouth of a snake. Hmm. All right. So practice that for me. Bring something up to the screen. Hmm. All right. So when I'm holding this. All right, now grab it with the other hand. No, I'm holding my phone in one hand. Now I have to move. Oh, I say never mind then. Never mind. We won't we won't do it like that. All right. Got it. So I'll just demonstrate it again. Is that as you approach things, you begin to slow down your motion, your movements. <clears throat> For instance, when you just scratched your hair, you could have done just what I'm talking about. There you go. That's it, okay? Do it consciously. Watch what you're doing. Yeah, I never played an instrument, so I... I, Right, and then you don't pay much attention. Start watching what you're doing. Start watching what the hands are doing. Start changing the gestures in the process of doing it. If you catch yourself twirling your hair in one direction, then very calmly, slowly reverse the direction and slowly twist it in the other direction. So what it is, is you mindfully and skillfully are doing or noticing and using the hands now instead of just. Mm -hmm. Instead of just letting them fly around. So this is this is the first step of um, the Anapanasati in and well, actually, it's it would be technically step three. And most people uh, misunderstand Anapanasati to be something that you do sitting on the floor with a cushion in front of a statue in a special room. 
that's got special odors and senses and things like that. And we do a really, really uh, intense practice of the thing that's called meditation. Okay. But when we understand that Anapanasati is not technically meditation, it's technically watch what the heck is going on with the body, the breathing, and that we can do that while we're talking together so that I can continue to twiddle the thumbs if that's what I want to do. My dad okay. talked to me about twiddling the thumbs when I was very little. I'm sorry, I missed what you said. My dad also liked twiddling, showed me that when I was a little kid. I still remember him talking to me about it. About what? Twiddling the thumbs. Twiddling one's thumbs. Yes, but it's derogatory. It it uh, has the quality of laziness. I always thought it looked cool. It was what? I always thought it looked cool. cool. Was what? Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually, what five-year-old me thought, at least. Uh huh. Well, that's because five-year-olds are not re- yet ready to be put to work, and so they think twiddling one's thumbs is yeah, not work. It's just what are you going to do with your thumbs when you got nothing else to grab hold of? And that is let them play with each other. As 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 if each thumb was the toy of the other thumb. And there's a whole lot of sensations going on, but most people when they're twiddling their thumbs are thinking about something else. They're not paying attention when they're twiddling their thumbs to twiddling their thumbs. Now, when you're playing with your hair, you're going to start watching that that's what you're doing. Not judging it. Just like when I've been pointing it out to you, I've just been pointing it out. I have not been judging it because there's nothing wrong with doing it. What's wrong is not paying attention to what we're doing. I never got that till today. (laughs) Because when we are watching what we're doing, we can then choose to do less rather than more. You see, if we're out there doing a whole lot of stuff we're not aware of, we've got no choice about what we're doing. We're just doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. And that can be in a little way like playing with one's hair or a great big thing like holding down a job you don't want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. All right. So you're beginning to see what we're talking about. Start watching what's going on because then you have a choice about what you're going to do and including the fact that then you actually have a choice about how you feel. Wow. In only five minutes time, the amount of sensations and things that you can notice in a single moment It's huge when you're paying attention. There's a lot of input. (laughs) The answer, the question would be, can you be a happy antenna? Have you ever heard, perhaps from your dad, there was a thing called CB radios? I think they actually still exist, and the only people who use them is truck drivers. It was called CB for Citizen Band. 
and it was basically a walkie-talkie. It was like a telephone that you had to push to talk. And then uh, when you wanted to listen, you took your hand off of the push to talk and listened. But you couldn't broadcast and uh, receive at the same time. You could not transmit and receive at the same time on that kind. That in fact, with our cell phones, the reason that the cell phone can uh, both receive and send at the same time is because it sends at a different frequency that it receives. But on one wavelength, you can either have traffic going one way or the other. But if they're both, then they're canceling each other out or there's noise. That's basic electronics, by the way. They ran into that years and years and years ago. They did. Okay, so here's the point, is, is that the mind is like that too. That the mind is either transmitting or receiving. The question is, if we can see how much transmitting is going on, that's the time when we're not receiving anything. If we can stop transmitting so much, we begin to receive a whole lot more. And so that's a choice, too, once we begin to see that. That, in fact, what, what that really means, transmitting, is, is worry, restlessness. The restlessness is in your hands, the restlessness is in the mind. In the mind, we would refer to it as um, worry. And in the hands, it would be referred to as uh, restless. Fidgeting, that's the word that I was looking for. And so when Even my begin face to... is doing things right now because I'm, I'm processing, but I'm also moving my facial muscles, muscles when I do it because I'm like, Somehow, I think that's going to help me process it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually becoming aware of what your face is doing is also very important. And that, in fact, the relationship between your hands and your face is also very important. That when you touch your face, you know you're touching your face rather than touching it absentmindedly. That, in fact, we do a lot of scratching absentmindedly. That when a, when a feeling like for uh, an itch from a, uh, an insect bite and we want to scratch it, actually what we want to do is nourish it and, and soothe it. But instead of wisely, mindfully getting an ointment out and rubbing it gently into the area, that's why they have so much tiger bomb and monkey bomb in tight ends because the mosquitoes here are ferocious. And people know what to do, but but people who are absent-minded will scratch instead, just like a dog does. Dogs scratch mindlessly. They've got these great big claws. If they didn't have all that fur. They'd be, you know, they'd scratch themselves into a rag. But we do that too. Notice the kind, the way, the part of your fingers when you scratch. Which part do you scratch with? Do you the scratch nails. with the nails? It's the nails like this? Yeah. 
or do you scratch with the palms or your hands like nourishing so the scratching is like um critical mind digging in getting it done and then the palm is are the uh the uh, uh this part of the uh the finger rubbing it with that way that's more nourishing and so start to paying attention are you scratching or are you rubbing and then you can see are you doing that with the mind too are you scratching in your mind or are you rubbing that's a good way of putting it mm-hmm Because worrying is just like scratching the mind. You just keep uh, just scratching the mind. Oh, I got to get that done. Oh, how do I get it fixed? Oh, and it's done. It's, it's done out of uncomfortableness or restlessness with wherever it is you are. Mm-hmm. That's why people do it in the first place. Exactly, and what that does is, is that they think that they're not enjoying their life when, in fact, they're just not enjoying their worry. All they need to do is stop that scratching and start rubbing their poor sores and their sores will heal. But in fact, the scratching, the worrying about it is what keeps it infected and open wound kind of thing. Thankfully, I have a lot more time in the day to practice Rubbing. All right. <laughs> instead right. of to practice scratching. rubbing instead, instead of scratching. In the mind. And mm-hmm. pay attention to what I'm doing. All right. Well, I think actually this today has been a very Im- impressively important day in the sense that you're becoming awake. I am. I actually, when I woke up this morning, the first thing I did was I, well, no, it took me about an hour. But when I did meditate, I had this surge of energy and confidence. And for the next hour or two, I really felt like I can do pretty much anything. But then (laughs) since I didn't keep the. Oh, man, I kind of have some questions like how how then do I keep that? attitude going to other things when I when I have to not be in my room like it's it's easier for me to practice when I'm alone and I can pay the answer to that always is persist that if you can get into that state while you're sitting alone the question is can you get up in that state and walk around then the next question is can you persist and stay in that state while you've got to deal with people yeah all right, but that's that's kind of later because we recognize it that in fact we do lose it because they've lost it also. But never mind, start again. We're persistent. Okay, we're going to start beating that drum again. Thanks. All right, that the Energizer Bunny can be turned off, but he can turn get turned right back on, and there he's beating that drum. Okay, that's the persistent. Never mind. Start again. Bring that confidence back. (laughs) That's a great analogy. (laughs) I remember those commercials. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh No! 
<laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> all right. No, so here's another thing to do then. Remember what you just did in the several past motions and then repeat them slowed down. Do that again as if you were miming yourself now. All right, yes, now that's the whole point is to start to become aware of those movements because then you have choices about them. And as we become more aware of the movements of the body, we become more aware of the, the movements of the mind that's behind that stuff. Uh, uh, then you can set those I... hands down and relax. <laughs> Maybe I Go will ahead. Twiddle my thumbs. Maybe what? And maybe I will twiddle my thumbs. All right, yes. But mindfully. The, the thumbs are, are very much like <laughs> brothers. They're very much twins of one another. They love each other dearly. Let them play. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right, let's go ahead. <clears throat> I see it. The, yeah, I, see it. I know. I got yeah, it. Yeah, I can yeah. do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> now you can do with the hair that you want to do. Before <laughs> it was all automatic. You had no choice. Now you have a choice. Yeah, that's happening too. All right, bye. I have things to do now. Play with. All so, right, I, I got it. We'll see you later, Avery. This has been a great talk. <laughs> See ya. Bye.